candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Dina, and today we have another fabulous show. I hope you guys enjoyed my special one-on-one chat with Whoopi Goldberg last week. It's been pretty fun. Everybody's been sending me messages just kind of blown away that we were able to get Whoopi on our show. And today we're just going to prove to you that we're on a roll and nothing's going to stop us. So today I have a very cool guest someone who is a personal friend of mine, and someone that I met through, of course, who else? Snoop Dogg. And so (laughs) one day, I got a phone call from Dogg. He said, hey, I'm I'm filming something at some studio, and I want you to meet my boy. Come on down. And so I was happened to be doing nothing in the afternoon. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with my dogs. So I got some weed together. I rolled up and I went over there and I walked into his little RV dressing room area and the air in the room was thick. It was a thick cloud and it smelled like home to me. And I was feeling really, really, really uh, happy. And then the clouds just sort of, you know, moved apart and they spread around and I looked over and I saw this face that I recognized and I was so excited about meeting and dog goes, this is my little brother right here and you are to take very good care of him. So from that moment (laughs) forward, I had a new brother and some of you might know him as Bow Wow or little Bow Wow, but we call him Shad Moss and he is the man of the hour. So welcome to Cannabis Confidential. How are you doing? You know I'm good, Doc. I, hey, that's a true story because ever since the first time we met each other, it's kind of like we've been locked in since that day on that trailer. Like, we've been locked in, like, for minutes from that day. So, yeah, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing how it all worked out. But I'm happy to be here, man. You know I had to check in with you. Of course. And we have been, like I said, family ever since. One of my favorite memories was... You guys are probably going to laugh, but you came over to visit me one day and you had your girl in the car and you guys parked yes. in the back <laughs> and your that car crazy was sticking ass guy, out. Right? The crazy guy, your car was sticking out just a little bit, like two inches. This guy could have pulled around no problem, but he decided that he was going to sit there and honk and honk and honk. And then your girl started, you know, what's wrong with you? Why can't you go around? And then you and I heard a commotion <laughs> and we ran out in the yeah, back. Yeah, we did. And it was so funny because I think that most people, when they see us, think that we're like the sweetest, friendliest, warmest people. But at that one moment, you and I went into like killer mode. <laughs> and I don't think this no, guy will sure. ever drive on our block again. <laughs> it was funny because when I walked out back, he was like, oh, shit, it's Bow Wow. Oh, man. Like, remember, he was trying to be real cool, but I really wasn't cool because I was talking to my lady. So I had to. You know, I had to step up. But then again, we didn't know what this dude had in the car, if he had anything on him or anything. So, you know, we had to play it a little bit safe and be cool. But that was probably one of my most craziest experiences ever, you know, pulling up on you. And, yeah, that that, that tops everything for me, for sure. 
the look on his face when he realized that it was you that was coming out to handle the situation, and it was like, oh shit, <laughs> oh shit, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Oh yeah. no! <laughs> and then you had me, this like crazy white girl screaming at him, and it's like, oh yeah, he's never driving in our neighborhood again. That is, yeah, you, for- was, you was like my enforcer that day, Dina. You was ready. You was ready for combat and war and everything else. You was ready. I am always ready. And that's why you should always have me on your side, on your team, because you are safe when you got me. That's for sure. I don't put up with shit. That's for sure. So One thing I know about, too, that's true. That is true. So let's talk about how you met Snoop Dogg, because this kind of changed your life a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it definitely did. I met Snoop at the age of five, actually. I was in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, and um, the Chronic Tour had came. Dr. Dre, Snoop, and, you know, the whole death row crew and everybody. And what happened was during the intermission, they were calling people up on the stage to come rock. And it just so happened that I was actually, like, standing on my mother's boyfriend's shoulders. And they picked me. A.J. Johnson, the comedian, who was also, like, Ezell uh, in Friday, the crackhead who was in Friday, mm-hmm. first Friday. And he calls me up to the stage. I started rapping. And the next thing you know, they just start throwing a lot of money on the stage. And so Snoop and Dre, they're like, yo, who the, who's out there? Who's causing all that commotion? I'm like, yo, there's some kid on the stage that's going crazy. And so they brought me to the back. I rapped with them. I remember taking a dope photo. I still have the photo, Dean. Uh, I still have it. It was me at five in the middle of Snoop and Dre backstage of the crowd tour the day they discovered me. So that's how me and Snoop's relationship first started out. He was the first person to discover me and, you know, put me in the game. And so that we have something in common. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we, both, we both got put in the game by Snoop Dogg. So what happened know, after right? that? What happened after? Like, so Snoop discovered you, and he, and he was, and I remember this, by the way. This was like, I want to say 1993, two or three. I don't know if that's yep. even right. But I remember him telling me that he discovered, like, the next biggest, hottest act, the person who will be the next Snoop Dogg. And we were like, oh, really? What's his name? And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like a little kid. He's like 10 years old. And we're like, what? A 10-year-old? And you're telling yeah. me he's going to rap? Like, he's going to be bigger than you are? And he goes, trust me, this kid, he is going to be it. And he was right. He called it out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, he, he always believed in me the whole time. And then, you know, the whole death row fiasco happened. And just to show people, like, it's bigger than just the business. Like, you know Snoop, like I know him. He's a loving person, very caring. I mean, he's all about family, and one thing that he did was he made sure that, you know, my talent didn't go to waste, because, you know, Snoop had his situation with Death Row and Suge, and, you know, that whole situation kind of went to, you know, it fell flat, and Snoop ended up going to No Limit Records, and he couldn't take me, and, you know, he was kind of like, you know, where I'm headed is not really a place for a kid, you know, it's a lot of a lot of shit going on, it's crazy right now, and the best hands that I can put him in would be a Jermaine Dupree. Being that Snoop already had, like, a friendship bond with Chris Cross at the time, the brat and Jermaine, and he just knew, like, yo, Chris Crosswood, when they were out, those were like my little partners that come through, we'll smoke together, and everything, they already had a relationship, so he knew exactly who to put me in the hands of, and it was Jermaine Dupree, so it was like Snoop did me two favors, he discovered me, and then when he no longer had the tools that he needed to make sure that the artist he told you about, which was me, to be the next big Snoop or whatever, he made sure that he kept that promise, and he kept his word about putting me putting me with Jermaine and he said you know what you're gonna become real big and we're gonna meet back up when you grow and it's all gonna make sense and me and Snoop talk every day all the time I'm always at the compound have you, you've been to the compound I'm sure of I'm, I'm course sure. with the black Versace no. basketball court shit there, there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, it is amazing because at one point, at one point, Dina, it was hard for me to get in contact with Snoop. When that whole death row thing happened, like, we fell out of contact. Like, it, it took me to go through eight people to say hi to him. Like, I had to run up on him when he would be in town, like, in a city that I was in. It was impossible for me to one-on-one contact the man that discovered me because it was just so crazy at that and time. he's a really hard guy to get a hold of and he's also that guy that just decides that you know what i'm changing my number today because i feel like it and then you don't have his number anymore <laughs> yeah. and and so exactly. his people like you're no longer going to be able to get and so it's i know it's hard but it's amazing that you guys have been able to keep that relationship for so many years i mean we're talking 20 plus years that you guys have right stayed on. close and he's looked out for you. And mm-hmm. I know that he has dropped your name to amazing music producers. Even when you were working with Jermaine Dupree, he was still pushing you to other artists, knowing that you had a future. Even when he probably wasn't even speaking to you, you were still on his mind. Right. And I think that that was, you kind of became his other son. Um, and because yes. his own kids don't, they didn't embrace the, the rap game the way you did. And so I think he always wanted right. to have a little protege. Um, so it's really amazing yeah. that you've been able to do that. But it's, you know, similar to like most musicians, like you look at Jermaine Dupri and and I don't see him doing TV shows. I don't see him being mainstream and in movies, but Dog did it and you did it. And it's yeah. it's pretty amazing. It's amazing crossover to be able to do that. And so I'm, I'm yeah, really impressed with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, well, now, after Jermaine Dupri, what, what album did he help you put out? All right, Jermaine, once I got with Jermaine, Jermaine helped me put out my first album, um, which was special because me and Snoop reconnected. Now, I'm, I'm a superstar at this point. First album, Snoop was probably at this time thinking, holy shit, Jermaine blows me up. My first single goes number one. And Jermaine's idea was, yo, we got it. It's time. Like, you and Snoop have to do a record, and it has to happen now. So Snoop ends up, I remember like it was yesterday, um, this was the Up and Smoke tour now. They're in Atlanta. Snoop, right after the show, takes his tour bus, comes right to the studio for me, doesn't charge me for this verse, hops on my second single, which happens to also go number one, which is Bow Wow, That's My Name. And I remember Dave Meyer shooting that video before he got real crazy with the Missy Elliott videos. And I was kind of like the first artist he really worked with at the time. And I remember him morphing me and Snoop into these dogs. And I always wanted to do that because Snoop did it in his first video. So we did it together, and I would just remember how big that was. And that album went on to sell three million copies. So that my first album went triple platinum, which was exactly wow. produced by Jermaine. So it was dope to go triple platinum and also share that platform with Snoop to see how the whole thing turned around. Because once I left Snoop, I didn't immediately Jermaine. I went back home to Ohio. I went back to regular school. So the dream was low, like low key deflating. Like the possibility of me becoming a rap star or just a celebrity. Period was. To me, it was far-fetched. I just wanted to go to school and be a normal kid. So the fact that I'm at $3 million and I have a number one record with the person who put me in the game, and he told me that we will meet back up again, it just all worked. And after that, it was a wrap. You know, it, it was tour after tour, arena after arena, movies, and you know the rest was history. Well, I am so excited that I have a triple platinum record. Uh, uh, someone on our radio show on Cannabis Confidential, everyone listen. Bow Wow is the shit. Um, We're going to have to take a short break. So don't go anywhere because we'll be right back and we'll be joined by the one and only Shad Moss. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. 
play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. I hope everybody's got their vape pen handy or their pipe or their bong or whatever you use to do your medicine. But you don't, it's not a requirement. You don't have to be high for this show. Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay. I don't know who you're talking to. You have to be high to do anything. At least I do. I don't know about you. In fact, I've been high so long that being straight is another high. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidentials, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We have the artist formerly known as Little Bow Wow, Sean Moss. This is so awesome, and we're talking about his history in the music industry and how he got into TV and film and Snoop Dogg. So now that we've talked about Jermaine and going back to school and which is really unbelievable because most artists, when they come out, they are just dedicated to, to one thing and that is their art. And you were kind of had one step in to being an artist and the other foot was kind of still being a kid, being normal and living your lifestyle. Did you get treated differently from the other kids that you grew up with? Oh, yeah, most definitely. But you know what's crazy? Even, I always was like a popular kid in school. I always was in the center of attention. Everybody knew who Sean was. The only boy in the school with the long braids. Everybody knew. I would just tell, like, like my closest friends, like, yo, I'm not going to be here, man. You know, I'm about to go on tour with Snoop. And everybody would be like, man, you're lying. You're lying. And then it just kind of just happened, honestly. Like, it just took off, you know. Um, I always, I never really was around kids my age. I always was around adults. That's why I feel like, at an early age, I was ahead of my time. Even now, you know, I'm 29. I feel like really mentally, I'm like maybe like 38. 
because, you know, that's what I was around. You know, the music industry is a grown man's gang. It's a big boy's world. And uh, I was around nothing but, you know, big boys, whether it was Snoop, Suge, the Dog Pound, Daz. Corrupt was writing records for me. At five years old, I wasn't around no kids. I was always around adults my whole life. Even once I got with Jermaine, I was around nothing but adults. So I just learned that I really couldn't comprehend with kids my age like that. I didn't even, to be honest with you, Dean, I didn't even like girls my age anymore. Like, I really was into, like, older women. I loved older women because that's all I was around were, you know, people right. twice my age. I was just used to that and, and, and having conversations with people twice my age and learning from the grown-ups. And that's pretty much how I was raised. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have two sisters on my dad's side. I just don't speak to them. Got it. Are they older? Yeah, I'm the middle child. You're the middle child. Wow. Middle yeah, child syndrome middle. over here. Yeah. Now, it yeah. all makes sense now. It all makes sense. It's all coming, <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> it's all coming together. And what I think is so neat, even though you maybe couldn't relate to kids your age, is the fact that you are such an incredible father. And I love watching the videos of you with your daughter spending time together. And just the way you talk to her and you ask her questions about her day. And I saw that this video you posted a long time ago and you guys were talking about Christmas and you were telling her that you ha- she's got to tell you what she wants for Christmas so you can tell Santa Claus. And it was just so cute and so loving and warm. And you didn't strike me as like, this superstar guy who gets whatever he wants and can, you know, go doors open for you wherever you are. But like here you are and you're just dad and you're an awesome one. So I think that's really incredible. Thank you. Did yeah, that change important. you? Not really. I'm the same person. If anything, it just made me, it taught me what responsibility that word really means. If anything, it didn't change me though. Cause I think with, even without a kid, I think in life, well, I can't speak for some cause we know some people don't mature. <laughs> But for me, you know, I've always been like a person like life teaches me all my lessons. Life teaches me everything and life grows me up. So for me, there was things that I was I was ready for. Like I said, I I always felt like I was 20 years older than what I really am. So I was already mentally prepared. When I was 18, I was trying to have my first kid. Like I was ready then. Wow. You you grew up fast. Yeah, I grew up real fast. So my daughter, it's like I got a best friend. Like I never had, but at the same time, you know, it's not just my friend. I'm also her dad. So it's things that, you know, I wish that I had my father around for. My father wasn't in my life. So this was an easy job for me to step up and do what I did. Because I'm like, I'm just not going to do what my father did with me. You know, it's simple. Being in life, take care of them, show them love. And the rest is, the rest is just going to happen. You know, I have a blast picking her up from school, taking her to recitals, being in the house all day, running around, playing tags, just doing the most dumbest things you possibly can imagine that takes me away from the whole bow out thing that takes me away from the whole celebrity factor. You know, my daughter really, really, really takes me away from that. And I love her to death. And like I said, that's my best. When I get off the phone with you, when we get off, when we get done, I'm going to FaceTime her and check up on her. That's my Aww. problem. That's so cute. I, I love that. And I think that's so important. And, and for everyone that out there that has been a fan of yours to your music and, and your acting, you know, they never get to see that side of you. And it really is a beautiful side because you are really are a special person, especially, you know, you telling me that you didn't grow up with a dad around and a lot of people right. who didn't have an example to set, you know, they they feel lost, but you, you're a natural and it's really neat to see right. that. And so, you know, your mom must've given you lots of love growing up and made up for that because you uh, are one classy guy. Thank you. I appreciate that, B. You know that. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, that's so true. Well, let's talk about acting. So how did you get into acting? You First of all, you're dominating the charts. You're kicking ass in music. How the hell do you decide you want to be an actor besides the fact you're adorable? <laughs> Pretty much it found me. You know, like, like, like we said, the music opened up a lot of doors for me. You know, coming into the game, triple platinum, all the kids loving me. You know, Like Mike was the first movie that came, and it was kind of like, man, this kid is, he plays basketball in his videos. He looks pretty good. He sold three million records. I wonder if he can act. And they approached me with this movie. And I was like, man, I get to meet all the NBA players? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, forget <laughs> doing the movie. You know what I mean? I'm like, I get to, I love basketball more than I love rap. Like, <laughs> and I signed on to do the movie. And, and, and the rest was history with that. I remember coming out to L.A. And I didn't have to audition for the movie or nothing. And it just so happened that Like Mike was one of the biggest movies that come out in 2002, 2003, top 100 movies in the box office. That year. And um, we're talking about a 14-year-old. And I, at that time, it only got bigger. Because I, I feel like if I didn't do Like Mike, a lot of people, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say wouldn't know who I am, but Like Mike is such a culture era, legendary movie for like my era it, it makes no sense like even to the point to where now i'm even selling the like mike jerseys because like throwback jerseys for movies are in right now that's just like in style with all the hip-hop guys wow jerseys. that i re-brought i brought back out the like mike jersey and it's selling like crazy because you know grown-ass men who are now my age love that movie as a child so it brings them back to their childhood so it means so much i just seen an interview with drake talking about the movie so really? It so much wow. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you Mike, did it, you had a track and, on that uh, on that film, right? Didn't you? Isn't it yeah, basketball? I sure did. Yeah, we redid the Curtis Blow record, which is crazy because people really think that's my record. Like, I made the record damn near more famous than Curtis Blow made the record, and people don't know that that's Curtis Blow. Like in the in the eighties, someone did that record. Like we remade it, but people identify basketball with me as if I was the creator of that record. It's amazing. Do you know who played that song for me for the first time? Who? Snoop Dogg, because he loves Curtis Blow. <laughs> that he does. <laughs> he was like, you got to listen to this. I'm like, who is that? He's like, that's a little Bow Wow. I'm like, no way. But something happened yep. really interesting. Like, right after that movie came out, that's when you dropped Little from your name, right? Correct. And so Correct. was that because um, of the movie? It, was that timing? Like, that just mean you're growing up? You know, or what? everybody was. Yeah, everybody was always talking about the name change, but for me, the name change was really just people just always calling me Bow Wow. Like right. even when I first came out, it was the audience would chant Bow Wow, Bow Wow. They never would chant Little Bow Wow. Like right. that's kind of hard to get all exactly. of that out. And I just remember like, yo, I'm gonna just take the little off. Like everyone calls me Bow Wow anyway, so I'm just gonna be Bow Wow. Like why not? That's what everyone called me. And um, but the media and the press made it such a big deal as if it was like Puffy changing the name of Diddy at that point. And it was just like, you know, that's a big what deal. And it's me, only so. three letters. I'm like, he's still Bow Wow. It just went from little Bow Wow to Bow Wow. I don't understand the big deal. But everyone made such a big deal about this. But now you've done it again and you dropped Bow Wow. So what made you do that? Yeah. Well, I still got Bow Wow. You know what I mean? I'm going to forever be Bow. But Shad was somebody who I wanted to brand Shad as me. You know, Shad is no different than, you know, you got Diddy and you got Sean Combs. You got LL, you got Todd Smith. You know, you got The Rock, but in the movie, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I just really wanted to, I started venturing off at a lot of different things. You know, when I started getting into TV hosting shows and the Grammys, I'm like, you know what, it just don't bow out on fit for this. 
you know, not for the Grammys. Even though I'm bow, I'm gonna always be bow out. You're not escaping that. But just for my sake and for the business sake and for the person, you know what I mean? It just looks better when it's Shad Moss. And if you a real Bow Wow fan, you've been following me for so long, you know Shad Moss is Bow Wow. You know that. I've said right. it in raps. I've said it in so many verses. So, you know, I wanted that, I wanted Shad Moss to be more appealing to the, to the other side of the game. You know, the Grammy Awards, when they want me to come present. And, you know, it's a more professional thing. And when I did the AMAs, I hosted the, the pre-show for that. I was Shad Moss for that. You know, when I'm doing any red carpet events where I got to suit up, that's Shad Moss. That's that suave, swagged out, flavor dude, you know, Bow Wow is the, the rapper, the cocky guy, the, the, you know, he's the other character, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to separate the two, Batman and Bruce Wayne type of. I like type that, I, I like Not that. Yeah. But what's so cool is that when you were doing that is when CSI Cyber came out. And not only were you, you know, a lead character in this hit show, but you're also hosting BET's 106 in Park. And I don't know how the hell you're doing all this. This is insane. But first of all, we have to take a quick break. And I could just talk to you for hours. So let's run off to commercial break. Let's listen to our wonderful sponsors. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back. And we're going to continue this awesome conversation with the former Little Bow Wow to Bow Wow to Shad Moss. Don't go anywhere. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him being that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. The cannabis industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer & Shipley. 
your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line, and I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidentials, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Okay, so where did we leave off? Are you paying attention? We were getting into the movies, uh, out of the film, television, thing, yeah, BET. BET. So how? Did, yeah. Are you like the first person to host like be, a show on BET and be on like a regular TV show? It could be. I think so. I think that was was serious because for a long time you were traveling back and forth every week. Yeah, I was. I was. I was going back and forth. It it took a toll on me, you know, because CSI is the type of show where you really got to know your shit. You got to know it. And, you know, you got to put in a lot of time into studying those lines. I credit myself. I credit the time. I credit God, too, just for the skill. (laughs) You know, because a lot of times I was like, man, this shit's going to be impossible. But, you know, you take those sacrifices, you know, it's like anything in life. It's like anything that you do for a living, you know, you know, you got to sacrifice in order to get to the top. It's going to take a lot of time. And for me, it was traveling back and forth every week from New York to L.A., cross country, staying up, timing my sleeping patterns and making sure I got, you know, my hours in the study, but made sure that also was getting my hours of sleep. And so I can go on set with a clear mind. I was ready to go. That's just how I work. Well, two very wild jobs. You have one that you're like improv yeah, and another opposite. one you have a script. So it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was like up and down, up and down. And, you know, going from Bow Wow, which is a character, then switching to Nelson on the show was like night and day. But we got it done. You know, I was able to do two successful seasons with them. CBS, they treated me well. As you know, I would always come into the shop bragging about work and different things like that. And, you know, there were times I'd get off the set and come straight to you. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. And, you know, now it's only right now. I got three new shows uh, on the way. One of them, I can't say just yet, but it's definitely going to be huge. And it has to do with music. Another show is a reality show that I'm doing, kind of similar to Entourage, but it's me and my guys. They'll be hearing about that really, really soon. And then my late night show, which I'm for sure going to have you on there. And it's no rules, no hoes barred. And so I'm starting to shop that next week. And I've already been shooting for that. So I got those three things. And then plus my last album, I'm going to give them one more album, and then I'm going to call it a rap on the music side of things. So as far you as say that person, now. You say that's what everyone yeah, says. I, yeah. And then a couple I, years later, yeah, you're I'm like, serious, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. It's, for me, it's kind of like I did everything. And one thing Snoop always told me, he's like, I can't make another doggy style. Like, that's, that's not going to happen. You know, you're never going to make, you know, something that's, you, you can make something bigger, but it's not going to be that, but it's going to be different. For me, I've never been the type of person to want to leave any any does on my record. And right now, my record is clean. So I want to give them one more project and then just focus on what, you know, the direction that God is staring me in. And this is television and film thing right now. I'm on fire away. I'm having a lot you of fun. You had more years um, as a successful rapper and musician than most people would dream of. And you are not oh even yeah, for sure. Old. 
So yeah, that's it's yeah, pretty yeah. unbelievable. So I have a question for my producer because he's a huge fan of you and uh, uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah. And he wanted to know how did that happen and if uh, you might be able to film another one of those shows. Yeah, that happened real crazy. Actually, I was on tour. Uh, me and Chris Brown was on tour, and we had a show on the Universal lot over there at the, uh, the amphitheater up there. And they got a call that I was on the lot that we had a show. Justin Lin, the director at the time, called someone over, had someone cart over to the venue, because you know it's on the same lot as the Universal Studios and stuff. Oh, and, I didn't really um, sit there. Yeah, okay. they, yeah, they pulled me off my tour bus and said, hey, they want to meet with you. You're here right now. They want to know if you're interested in Fast and Furious. I'm like, uh, hell yeah. So I hopped on the cart. They drove me over the day of my show. I talked to Justin. I didn't have audition. He told me. I said, look, I'm on tour, but I'm about to be done. So as I'm done, I'm going to do it. And the timing worked out. Everything was perfect. And that's how I jumped right into Fast and Furious. And I thank him for that because I was a part of a billion-dollar franchise movie. And, you know, I'm glad that I could say I was a part of it. And I was in the last one, too, even though it was, like, really quick. But still, I got my credit. <laughs> and I, um, I had a lot of fun. So, you know, I, I had a lot of fun shooting that movie. We, we spent a month in Tokyo. I believe we spent, like, two months here in L.A. Or, like, yeah, like, two months in L.A. And we did, like, a month in Tokyo. Or maybe, like, three weeks or something like that. But I had a lot of fun shooting that movie. I assume there's no cannabis smoking in Tokyo. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 hey, if, 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 if you're Snoop Dogg, that's true. You know, if you're you Snoop Dogg, it, but... you're smoking anywhere. Yeah, there's weed everywhere. I, I've learned that. I mean, I've been in places that, you know, when I went to Africa, Dina, I remember I said, listen, this shit's not weed. I don't know what this is, but oh, if this gross. is what y'all call it. In my head, I was like, then there's weed all around God's green earth. I've been in places that I'm like, there's no way they're, we're going to have weed here. And boom, they pop up with weed. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited that you are now a California resident and you're staying here for good because we're not letting you leave us. We have you now. You're I'm ours. Never leave. Yeah. Good. I'm a dying LA. I, I love it. Yeah, I'm not going nowhere. Well, that's that's a common. Uh, everyone seems to feel like Tupac, right? Live and die in LA. And uh, that's, that's it. That's it. It's the way it goes. And so I love that um, you are such a hardworking guy, but that you can also appreciate the cannabis plant and yet not yes. be portrayed as the image of a stoner or a snoop dog which isn't a bad thing but mm-hmm. the fact is that no one right. listens of you and pot together in the same sentence like they just don't put the two together nope. and it's because you are so successful and you are a productive stoner or successful stoner productive pothead whatever you want to call mm-hmm. yourself and more and more people out there need to realize that cannabis is not an evil thing and they are not going to nope. be slackers and lazy because they smoke some pot but they were if they're a slacker and a lazy when they smoke weed, it's because they're a slacker and they're lazy when they don't smoke weed. And so exactly. you are someone that just, you're a go-getter. And so everyone should uh, take a little something from what they heard today and make it happen because you don't make excuses for yourself. And I think that is the coolest thing about you. You just do it. Thank you. I appreciate that, D. Yeah, you got to. Just like Nike, just do it. <laughs> That's right. Well, we are out of time. I've had so much fun having you on today, and I just want to thank you thank for you. giving us some time and spreading the love to Cannabis Confidential and Cannabis Radio. And where could we find you online to follow up on all the fun things you're doing? For sure. On Twitter, it's at S Moss. On Instagram, it's my name, Shad Moss, S-H-A-D-M-O-S-S. Facebook, Bow Wow, it's simple to find me. 
You know what I mean? Just look up the name and you'll see the blue check. You know, I'm verified. So, you know, you got the official page. So you're not being catfished or bamboozled out here. <laughs> That's right. And check out Dr. Dina 420 on Instagram, Dr. Dina on Twitter, and Dr. Dina 420 right. on Snapchat. Are you on, you're on Snapchat. What's your Snapchat? I am on Snapchat. My snap is Bow Wow Snap. I am on there. And I'm That's always right. having I a know, good time, I watch. too. I watch. I like it. Are you checking me out? I'm gonna follow you. I'm a, matter of fact, I'm about to follow you as soon as I hop off the. Yeah, why uh, are you not following me? Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know why? Because you know what, D? Snapchat is like my. For, I'm still trying to like find a, a love for it. You know, I, I do it like I only follow like five people. So I'm barely really on it, but I'm on it. But now I, I need Same all problem. my boys are like, you gotta start getting. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so follow I'm, me, I'm a, I'm a, and then I'll send you messages, and then it'll be more fun perfect excellent well you are amazing and thank you again for being on cannabis confidential you guys were out of time but thank you again to our producers for making us sound so wonderful and of course our guest sean moss you are a rock star and thank you and join us again next week for another edition of cannabis confidential over and out that's right expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.